to the CSF monthly podcast for September 2021. Where is the year going? I hear you asking. Well, I don't have the answer to that. On the other hand, I do have a podcast that aims to keep you up to date with the latest information and data in the field of rheumatology. Well, the papers I'm going to discuss in today's podcast uh, both highlight post hoc analysis, addressing important topics for us in treating our patients. In the first, um, Daniel Alitaha and colleagues report their postdoc analysis of the Finch 3 study assessing the efficacy and safety of filgotinib in people with RA and who have poor prognostic factors. And the, the second paper from Burton colleagues reports a postdoc analysis of the Australian OPAL study and the effectiveness and persistence of monotherapy and combination therapy in the treatment of rheumatoid. As always, to access detailed summary slides of the papers discussed today, visit cytokinesignaling.com. Cytokinesignaling, all one word. Okay, well, let's get into the business of today's podcast. The first paper is the efficacy and safety of filgotinib and methotrexate naive patients with rheumatoid arthritis with poor prognostic factors, post hoc analysis in Finch 3. Well, um, we know very well that poor prognostic factors are associated with severe disease and risk of disease progression. And these include seropositivity for rheumatoid factor and anti-CCP antibodies, elevated acute phase reactants, persistent moderate to high disease activity and presence of early erosions. Um, and if you recall that the 2019 ULAR management guidelines for rheumatoid recommend early treatment escalation for people with these poor prognostic factors particularly those who have an inadequate response to first-line therapy. Well, this is a post-hoc analysis of the phase three randomized double-blind active controlled study, Finch-3, that um, examined filgotinib efficacy and safety in the subgroup of patients with all four poor prognostic factors present at baseline. Key results, well, among patients with four poor prognostic factors, treatment with filgotinib 200 milligrams plus methotrexate versus methotrex monotherapy was associated with higher rates of ACR 20, 50, or 70 responses at week 24, as well as at weeks 12 and 52. Now in people with four uh, poor prognostic factors and in the overall population, achievement of LDA activity at weeks 24 and 52 was more frequent among patients treated with any filgotin regimen compared to methotrexate monotherapy. And the proportion of patients with four poor prognostic factors who achieved remission was higher following 24 weeks of treatment with filgotinib 200 milligrams and methotrexate or filgotinib 200 milligrams monotherapy versus methotrexate monotherapy. Uh, commensurate with all of this, radiographic progression was numerically higher in patients with all four poor prognostic factors compared with the overall population. And uh, safety, of course, always important to think of safety of the filgotinib uh, treated patients with poor prognostic factors was comparable to that in the overall population. There were no new safety signals observed. Key conclusions here, well, this is uh, a study that confirms that methotrexate naive patients with rheumatoid with poor prognostic factors are at risk of treatment failure and radiographic progression following methotrexate monotherapy. Um, and compared with methotrexate alone and methotrexate naive patients with these four poor prognostic factors, filgotinib 200 milligrams with methotrexate provided rapid and clinically meaningful improvement in disease control. Uh, the efficacy and safety of filgotinib in people with rheumatoid with these multiple poor prognostic factors was consistent with the overall phase three study population, but it's always nice to just crystallize that in these 
rather important uh, individuals who are, who are so much at risk. And I guess taking all this together for Gothenib is a reasonable option for the management of people with poor prognostic factors of an unsatisfactory response to methotrexate with glucocorticoids or who relapse whilst glucocorticoid is being tapered. Well, let's come to the second paper, looking at the real-world evaluation of effectiveness, persistence, and usage patterns of monotherapy and combination therapy with tofacitinib in people um, with rheumatoid arthritis, and this was a study performed in Australia. Um, little background here, tofacitinib was the first jacinib approved and then reimbursed in Australia for the treatment of people with RA. That was back in 2015. Uh, you're aware, I hope, that the ULR recommendations of the treatment of rheumatoids suggest that biologic DMARDs and targeted synthetic DMARDs should be taken in combination with a conventional synthetic DMARD, if possible. And in spite of that recommendation, it's estimated that about a third of people prescribed a biologic or targeted synthetic DMARD take it as a monotherapy. So this was a post-op analysis of data from the Australian OPAL study, and it aimed to describe the real-world effectiveness and treatment persistence among patients with rheumatoid treated with mono or combo therapeutics of TOFA and biologic DMARDs. So what are the key results? Well, patients receiving combination therapy with tofacitinib or a biologic DMARD had higher disease activity scores at index than patients receiving monotherapy. Uh, monotherapy with tofacitinib or biologic DMARDs and combination therapy with tofacitinib or biologic DMARDs demonstrated similar treatment effectiveness. That there were no significant differences in remission rates between the combination therapy biologic DMARD and combination therapy tofacitinib groups at any time point. And the percentage of patients achieving CDI and SDI remission at 18 months was similar for both the monotherapy and combo therapy matched groups. And finally, there was no difference in the median persistence rates for monotherapy biologic DMARD when compared with monotherapy tofacitinib treatment or combination therapy biologic DMARD and combination therapy tofacitinib. Well, what do we make of all of this? Well, well, patients receiving combination therapy with tofacitinib or biologic DMARDs had higher disease activity scores at index than patients receiving monotherapy. Uh, monotherapy with TOFA or biologic DMARD and combination therapy with TOFA or biologic DMARD demonstrated similar treatment effectiveness and persistence, respectively. And I guess the study suggests that both monotherapy and combination therapy use of tofacitinib is an effective treatment for people with rheumatoid with persistence, a good surrogate for ongoing efficacy and no significant adverse events that would lead to discontinuation comparable to the, the biologic DMARDs with which, of course, we have uh, a much longer experience. However, further analysis of emerging real-world data of approved JAK inhibitors is really going to be required, particularly with some of the anxieties that have emerged around the safety profile of these agents in the recent few weeks. Well, um, that's all I have in this podcast. If you want to look at the publications uploaded this month and access other podcasts, and resources, please head, head over to cytokinesignaling.com. Um, you'll find an incredible resource there, slides, abstracts, interpretation, uh, and, a, and a great deal of useful information, which I hope will help you in your clinical practice. And as always, before I close, I want to thank you for your attention. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Let us know what you think by leaving a review. And especially as the pandemic continues, do stay safe, do stay well to you and all of your loved ones. Thanks very much for joining me. Thank <laughs> you.